Hey everyone, the crew has assembled, and welcome to another episode of The Otaku Crew. I'm your returning host, Leifon, and I'm joined by my co-stars from the last episode. If you have not watched it, give it a watch, give it a like. And now, I pass it over to my co-star, Monado Boy. Hey everyone, I'm glad to be back on another episode of The Otaku Crew, and I'm happy to, and very excited to talk about some more anime. Yeah, I'm glad to have you back, Monado Boy, always a pleasure. And finally... The guy who has so much controversial opinions, it's, it's, it drives me crazy sometimes, Tensa. Right from the last episode of the Otaku Crew. <laughs> there we go. Excellent. So so th- I want to thank everyone who was able to watch, the, not watch, listen to the first episode and finding time in their day to listen to the second episode. And once again, from whichever platform you are watching from, I thank you for joining us today. Now... As I said in the very first episode of The Otago Crew, which was dispelling stigma and criticism around anime and manga, I made it very apparent that the goal of The Otago Crew is to discuss, as well as analyze, any issues, themes, genres within anime and manga, as well as the more difficult questions to ask pertaining to very specific animes, from the trending anime like My Hero Academia and so forth, up until more slept on anime. My personal example was uh, GTO, which I find is very slept on, but that's just my opinion on this. This time around, we came to one uh, particular topic which struck me profoundly was um, the topic of Shout Tucker in uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Not Full Metal Alchemist, I mean like Brotherhood, the good series. Just, just my opinion once again. Shout Tucker is a very interesting character, I found, because of what he does and how he went about doing it, the lines he crossed, as well as uh, the the stigma potentially behind what he did to his own child, uh, Nina, and his his dog, Alex. Right, Tensa? uh, The dog was named Alex or Alexander? I'm forgetting here. Um, If I remember, it's actually Alex. Like, I don't think it had a full name. It was Alexander. I I actually just finished watching the episode before before recording. Monado Boy's doing funny. his research. Oh, damn, he's he's on top of this. Yeah, and so actually, I think before we continue, we should probably say, like, you know, spoiler warning for Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. It's a pretty early episode. Like, it's only episode four. And it's not, like, a super critical point to the overall story of the anime, but just so that people know we are going to be I, talking about an episode. I would not call that a spoiler because this is an anime that appeared 10 years ago. Yeah, but like I, I'm, I actually haven't fully watched it. Uh, I'm watching oh, it now. Oh, okay, I see. So I see, like, I see. you know, not everyone's watched it, and if they were thinking about it, then you know, it's it's always safe to to give the warning. Very Fair true. enough. Very true. Thank, thank you, Manara Boy, for covering me with that. It is true. There is some quite a bit of spoiler warning ahead so i will try not to spoil and if i do i will say spoiler alert for anyone who's listening or hasn't watched full mount alchemist brotherhood but if you haven't i would highly suggest to watch it because it was and is a good anime now the question this time that we we are attacking head on this time around is was the experiment of Shao tucker on nina justified in the name of science yes or no and and of course why or why not now this is a very complex question to um to discuss because there's just so many layers to go through on this matter it's like the influences that Shao tucker was under because of that what drove what was the desired outcome and so forth so 
I believe it's best that we set up a brief uh, synopsis of the FMA Brotherhood series for those people who haven't um, watched the series yet, haven't had time to do so. Brotherhood itself is 64 episodes, give or take, so it can easily be binged in a week or so, unless you're like me who watches all of his animes at a snail's uh, pace. Now, you don't have to watch uh, the original, but if you do, it's great on you. It's very informative to the overall storytelling of FMA, but once again, it's not needed for this particular episode. If um, you have watched it already, you can easily skip this part. Now, Tensot, would you be able to provide an overview of the FMA Brotherhood series? Because... Here's a here's a little story that you actually helped me write one of my university essays when I was trying to write the role of the truth or God in FMA Brotherhood in relation to to ancient alchemy to modern chemistry. I I wrote this essay and you offered a detailed description of it. Could, would you be able to provide that again, please? Synopsis is really when um, Alphonse and Edward um, meets Shao Tucker, the life swing alchemist. He was this kind of state alchemist that always had his paycheck because every year he had to conduct that one experiment that guaranteed his livelihood. And he was known for making a chimera. Um, So he had to make another one by the time that Edward and um, his uh, little brother met um, Shao. Because um, at that point, it was either that they make something interesting or either they basically cut his pension off. All right, all right. And he succeeded, Um, right? So he did succeed and he did not. What do I mean by that is that he succeeded in making something, but that didn't get through the annual checkup of something interesting because in the end, once um, Edward uncovered everything, it went on into a um, legal process. So in the end, got tried for it, mm-hmm. given that the chimera that he made in that episode happened to be his daughter Nina fused with their dog Alexander. And that is basically a crime. All right. Thank you for setting that up so far for us, Tensa. Now, I like how you said um, very early on that it was like he had a review every year to make a chimera and or something interesting pertaining to a chimera. So that really brings up into one of the very first layers of Shao Tucker and his experimentation is the role of the state in handling... um, licenses as well as funding experiments now for me i'm reading sorry not, not reading watching this uh Shao tucker episode very specifically reminded me from uh, my early academic career was reading the story of frankenstein by mary shelley of course i find there's there are quite a few parallels between victor frankenstein and Shao tucker and the role of the, of the state in uh, both categories now, I find that what one of the big influences that drove Shao Tucker was, as you said, he was living on paycheck per paycheck by the state. And so the society, the state becomes a driving force behind pushing uh, Victor Frankenstein as well as Shao Tucker to embark on experimentation, which, which could which is potentially tabooed. What, what do you think, Tensa? Um, yes, um, he definitely had to cross the line. You still have to think that um, you, ha- you have to still remember that the Full Metal Alchemist the manga and anime are both post-World War One period. Mm-hmm. So experiment like that would run rampant. It's, uh, and the thing is that 
again, it's really about the role of the state that uh, made it an issue because uh, that was his only livelihood. Because essentially, Sho Tucker was um, in a place where he was damned if he did and he was damned if he did. Very true. Um, by that, I mean, if he, cut a, if he was cut off his paycheck, um, he would probably be in starvation. If he, well, did what he did, well, he would be tried and probably awaiting for a life sentence or execution either way. What a great dad. Minato Boy, what do you think on this so far of the role of the state, society, and the FMA series? It was interesting. They definitely did have a part to play in all of that. So I think the ultimate responsibility falls on Show Tucker, because at the end of the day, he's the one that decided to do that to his daughter, right? Yeah. Uh, basically, like, transmute her into, like, this chimera thing that she couldn't be transformed back from. So, like, basically her life was completely changed just to, like, set the gravity of, of what he did, right? And the reason that he did it was because before becoming a state alchemist where he got a nice, nice cushy job that paid a bunch of money, he was poor and his family was struggling, right? Yeah. And so on assessment day, if he doesn't do something that is worth keeping his state certification, then he would go back to, to poverty. And... So, like, you can, I, I can see how you'd argue that it's partly the state's fault for, like, pushing him to do something so extreme, because, like, they're the ones that are applying that pressure to have to do something like what he ended up doing. But at the same time, like, like, if he does, if he loses a state certification because he can't do anything worthwhile, then that's kind of on him for, you know, for not being a, a very worthwhile state alchemist in the first place. Right, like if that the only thing because the only thing that got him into state certification to begin with was when he did this very same thing that he did to to his daughter, but he did it the first time two years prior to his wife, but nobody knew, right? Mm -hmm. So to to the state, it was this impressive feat of alchemy where he made a chimera that could actually understand human speech, which no one else was able to do at the time, right? And so they were like, "Wow, this guy is great. Give him a state certification," right? And so two years later, they're like, yeah, you know, it's assessment day, show that you can still do something. And so he was pushed to doing it again, only this time he got caught. So like, you know, I guess, like I can see how you'd put some blame on the, on the state, but I still, in this particular case, don't really see it as being completely on them. Like it's really more on Show Tucker for doing something awful like that. And getting himself into the situation. With you on that one. Oh, yeah. I would actually, I would disagree with you on that, because at the end of the day, again, um, due to the timeline of the period, uh, people did horrible experiments all the time. That's the show. Tucker is not unique in that. It just so happens that he sacrificed his family in order for to do the, his research. But the, pro um, the problem is that we're talking about state alchemy and there's also the uh, usually the state alchemists usually work in the military. So while I do ultimately agree that it showed Tucker's fault for using his family to do what he did, the fact that he got out of poverty and got a cushy job out of desperation is something that is perfectly normal. 
while it's perfectly normal, I don't condone to, well, transmit your own children into and like half animals, half whatever. However, um, the thing is that there was a lot of ways that Sho Tucker could have been used in the state military in a more beneficial way. Um, for example, of course, if Sho Tucker didn't keep it a secret, what he could have done is, for example, um, transmute criminals that would be sentenced to death, like, uh, let's say, Barry the Butcher. They, there, were, there was a way to put his alchemy to use. It just so happened that he made a uh, feat that basically um, paid him not, have a, not um, having him to do anything where he could have had maybe a less comfortable life, but at least it would have been assured that he would have a paycheck if he explicitly worked in the military, like, let's say, May Huge. So, so the issue with that, with like the example that you gave of how he can use his powers, is that what they were doing with the criminals, and spoiler alert, which, you know, we already said anyway, but like the the government was keeping that all hush-hush, right? Like, they didn't let, want people to know that they were using criminals to try and make a Philosopher's Stone, mm-hmm. right? That, that, like, that's one of their covert things, and so technically... It's not even just criminals, so that's the, that's a moot point. Um, because uh, like they were not just using criminals. We're talking about, like, raising an entire city for it. So... Well, I might not be that far. I'm only up to episode 21, so... That is why I say... This is why I'm saying you're wrong. On the basis that they've used more than just criminals. I think that the idea of using criminals... Yes, I'm literally using the Ishval as an example. That is an entire nation, an entire city, raised just to make stones. This, in fact, that's what Philosopher's Stones were made of. Another spoiler alert... Every state alchemist has one. Wait, did what? Roy Masang didn't keep his, though. You know when they have their badge? It's inside the locket. Oh. If you remember well, there was a small stone in each of them. That's why having the um, state certification somehow amplifies your alchemy. But what it really is, is, well, the philosopher's like a small piece of it inside. Was that only in right. the manga? That was in the manga and boat animes, if I remember well. Okay, I can't recall. But, what were but that doesn't manga? really change anything. Well, that, that doesn't really change anything, because all that stuff, you know, presumably is not stuff that they make public, right? The point is the fact that they make it hush-hush was the only thing that was actually valid. But the fact that you said that they only use criminals was actually a wrongful statement. Well, I was just giving an example of, like, why defi- like, they knew what defi- they were doing was but, wrong. It, yes, it, it's, it was definitely a military secret, or should I say, a nationwide secret. Because uh, even the what happened to Shval, that was quite kept quiet. This is why characters like Scar is uh, on a revenge, and people, he thinks like, who the hell is he? Okay. But the uh, point being is that, yes, there's a lot of nasty secrets when it comes to the military. Like... Show Talker has one dirty secret. The state has other nastier secrets. It's right, just... but that doesn't that doesn't justify what Show Tucker did, though. It just means that yeah. he's not the worst one in the in the bunch. But like, it's still wrong. I never I never said he was justified. I never once said he was justified. 
Well, guys, um, I'm, I'm, going I'm going to intervene here because <laughs> I find we are going slightly off topic. So there is a question of serious accountability. Is it the state or is it Shao Tucker? We, there's clearly that has been it's uh, still, set up. It's, it's ultimately Shao Tucker. And because, yes, the state was forcing a gun on his forehead. The problem is that Sho Tucker had other ways to have his livelihood. Uh, this is why I mentioned May Huge specifically, because I would say that he's in opposite form to Sho Tucker, in the sense that Sho Tucker was known for mostly his experiments and sacrificed his family for it, while May Huge was more known for bragging about his family and ultimately sacrificed himself to save his family. Very true. Another parallel that could be made if we're talking about research alchemists and such would be Dr. Marco, who is the complete opposite of Shout Tucker. Would that be correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I would that. definitely say that. Yeah, I definitely see it. All right. Very good. Very good. So, so far, it looks like we're on the bandwagon of Shout Tucker, terrible dad. No father of the year for him or father's day for him either. So far. Actually, no. We should have, we should have made this on Father's Day. <laughs> we should have. <laughs> Now, another another thing I find um, now this we've already it's looked like one layer we've torn at was society, the role of society. But what about the role of the self? Shao Tucker himself, aside from external pressures from the state saying, "Oh, you can't provide us with anything. We're just going to take everything away." Himself as a person, would you? I find there is a parallel that. He had a thirst for knowledge, almost like the fact he went to the extreme of doing it to his wife and then his kid. He was he was tuned. Sorry, no, not tuned. He he was prone to like seek seek a truth out of this. Like, how is it working with humans specifically and not other animals when I mix them up? So I found there was that idea that idea of a a thirst a thirst for knowledge, a dangerous almost dangerous because. What look what it did? It made it combined his kid and his dog together, and boom, the, this um, monstrosity was formed. I'm saying monstrosity because that's what Scar says in the sub. I'm just quoting at this point. What do you guys think? Was is uh, his thirst for knowledge? It was dangerous, or was it legitimate? I mean, it was so, dangerous. <laughs> it cost him a kid, right? Like, it's it, to be fair, it was a perfect fusion. Mm -hmm. used to the core <laughs> but ultimately um show tucker could might might as well be dr faustus because he basically threw everything away for knowledge it's and again i think that the state while the state did have a hand in it mm -hmm. it's um show tucker while he did what he had to do, it's the fact that the fact that he was pursuing it so fervently made him very, very dangerous. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of alchemists that would do dangerous stuff like that, but they don't necessarily sacrifice their family. They do other things. It's still forbidden per se, mm -hmm. but what makes them slightly better they select people that they don't know so they don't have to have a moral agency over them it's just a eh, you're just one of the unlucky few I while um show tucker willingly convince his daughter to be part of the alchemy that, which is a special kind of evil in my book that that would have been a very interesting conversation to have with your nine-year-old kid or maybe seven-year-old saying hey come to daddy's basement 
step in that circle with your dog. Boom. Oh, God. <laughs> it's, it's a little weird in my head, but I'm like, okay. It, I see it. I see it, and and it's it's probably worse when it was Tucker's wife that have gone through it. Oh, for sure, she must have put up a fight, but that's just our speculation at that point. Monado, what do you think? Well, like he, it was definitely dangerous because you got to think of what would have happened if Ed and Al hadn't like been there to to catch him in the act. Mm-hmm. Not that he, not that he really tried hiding it, <laughs> but like had he just been allowed to keep going, then what would have happened then? Right, he probably would have started kidnapping people to continue right like oh well if it worked with a child then maybe a different child would do even better so he starts kidnapping kids or something to 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 experiment or or like fuse them with different animals you know like if if anything it's a good thing that he got caught when he did because who knows where it would have ended up right and it's it's also not to mention that um, experimentation on humans was explicitly forbidden by the law Mm-hmm. So that is what made it even more jarring because it's basically human transmutation. That was a literal forbidden rule. So for all we know, it could have been punishable by death very easily because of that. True, true. They always do say, I think in every episode, that there are three laws of alchemy, blah, 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 and then goes on. And which is actually quite informative, I find. But here's a sub-question in relation to the pursuit of scientific knowledge and the dangers of it so far. We can clearly state at this point, so at this point in the discussion, that there is a big divorce between science and reason. So far, we've, uh, in regard to the pursuit of knowledge, the thirst for it, it can be borderline dangerous. Shao Tucker is an example. But at the same time, as an overall theme that encompasses the dangers of, of uh, scientific pursuits, we can we state that the pursuit of it and the reasoning behind it are divorced almost. Like when someone's pushed to the extreme, they will disregard reason and go with the experimentation. Shao Tucker example very specifically. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I that I do agree. Like this the, is the classic. Yeah, this ahead. is... This is why I mentioned Dr. Foss as an example. Mm-hmm. Um, because that is also another prime example of pursuit of knowledge, ultimate pursuit of knowledge. But in the case of Dr. Foss, um, he offered his soul for it. While in Shao Tucker's case, he'd offered literally his entire family. So definitely, yes, uh, it is definitely the most from reason. Because um, he went into a place where he probably should have not gone. Conversely, if he continued, as Monado Boy said earlier, Shao Tucker would have probably been the new Gilderay. Gilderay, sorry. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Monado, what were you going to say? So I was just going to say that, like, yeah, we, we see it all the time, right? Like, the, the trope of the mad scientist, right? Mm-hmm. Like you see it in comic books and superhero movies and, and anime all the time, like just different stuff. Like, like the character gets shunned because their methods are too crazy, and then they end up being like, "Well, I'm just gonna do it anyway," and they and they like justify it to themselves as the pursuit of knowledge, right? But then that obviously doesn't hold because they they do these horrible things in the name of of knowledge and science, which is not what science is about to begin with. All right. I like that you bring that up because just a little little tidbit, guys, uh, everyone listening. Monado Boy is actually doing his master's in chemistry. So 
I could you build off on your point a bit more that science is not just um not just what Shao Tucker made it out to be, that it's something more? Can I get your personal opinion on that? For sure. So um I think actually a misconception about science in the world is that um it's it as a field is just the pursuit of knowledge and like nothing else, right? Like and to a degree that's true, right? Because uh people try to uncover the nature of the world, the universe, how everything works, and try to make an understanding of it. Mm -hmm. um, but the thing is, as humans, we also have an ethical component to that, right? And so, it, like, as a chemist, it's not too hard because I work. Because mm -hmm. uh, in my field, we don't work with people or live things. Yeah. But in other fields, like in the, the, the biological aspect and stuff, biochem, that's when you're testing stuff to eventually apply to people. And so there is an ethical component to that, right? And even in the the not the the stuff that doesn't work directly with people, there's still an ethical component where people are trying to make things more environmentally friendly, uh, less detrimental, more sustainable. Um, and so, yes, science is the the pursuit of knowledge, but it's all it's more so the the pursuit of a way to improve the world around us and un by understanding it. Uh, so by gaining more knowledge about the world we can improve it for ourselves and also you know the animals the, the environment the planet to leave it in a better state that we we were in so that's why like uh the trope of the mad scientist kind of does a disservice to science right like characters like Do show tucker show how you can very easily stray from the path of of, of actual science of actually trying to like do a service to the world and instead get clouded by selfishness and then do horrible things in the name of it. All right. I like that you I like that you gave a distinguishment between what the pursuit of science is versus how Shao Tucker went off that path majorly went a full 180 or something on that. I really like mm -hmm. that. Now now here's the thing so far we've we've established society the self Shao Tucker himself but now I want to draw our attention to Nina very specifically because I find even though she um, Scar calls her a monstrosity and in, in the sub at least, there's still a layer of understanding that can be attributed to Nina the dog. So for me specifically, just looking at it at, um, at the entire creation, I found um, before we found out it was Nina, I'm like I found that there was an aesthetically beautiful thing about this chimera that was made and that could speak. Because like you said, this is an advancement in science. But then the moment you find out what went into making that, making uh, this beautiful creature, you we label it as a monstrosity because a hu human life was used into, used into it. Human experimentation, which as uh, Tensa said, it has been taboo for the longest time. So it's the creature was beautiful when we didn't know what, what went behind it. So we had a very limited scope to look through and be like, okay, this is a very, this is a great um, expansion in the name of science, all that. But the moment you find out who it is, we disregard advancement of science. It becomes, it becomes a, a humanistic crimes, crime, so to say. So that is what I find. There's an aesthetic, there's aesthetically beautiful thing about it. By the same time, there's a also, a more hideous aspect that we don't see up until we find out who's who's in uh, Alexander. Now, Tensa, what do you think on that? On the role of the monster? Edward. 
god. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, uh, to preface this, it's that yes, it is a monstrosity in the uh, in either way. It would be a monstrosity either way. It's just that we chose to ignore it when it's animals that are combined into one new type of animal. So I wouldn't actually exactly call it beautiful. I would call it amazing. But at the same time, we already knew that the making of a chimera by definition was horrific. It's just all the more horrific when a human child has been put into the recipe. <laughs> that being said, the idea of an abomination is the fact that, yeah, something has been created artificially, something that should not be. That is the entire point of a chimera. So in a, in a sense, it was always was an abomination, but we choose to be astonished because it felt like it was a new species, you know? Yeah, so in the end, it was a means to an end, basically. It's definitely a means to an end. What was horrific was the revelation of how it's made, but the end result was already kind of horrific, but we chose to be fascinated by it because it was still a, oh, we invent something. It, the situation could have been um, reversed. Instead of being um, using his own daughter, he would have pets, and he would just transmute them into one. It would still be the same issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, actually, that's uh, that's something they show in the episode. Because uh, at one point they show uh, a bit of his lab, and he has like a three-headed monkey, and it doesn't look particularly cute or beautiful or anything. It looks kind of like, oh god. The point is that Show Tucker, um, in his case, he did not um, succeed the first time, as you saw in that episode. It's uh, the lab is the, his lab is actually the majority of his failures, and you have. So that being said, you basically have to ask yourself: At what point must he stop before he crosses the line? And clearly, he has crossed it. <laughs> Yeah, but you bring up a good point that, like, realistically, even before uh, you get humans into the mix, you're kind of crossing the line, too, because, like, um, like that, that that's a good commentary on, like, how our society in general used to not really bat an eye to animal experimentation, but now we're becoming more and more consci- uh, conscious of it and how, you know, it's bad, right? Because these animals don't exist solely to be experimented on and like picked apart and stuff and, or like in this case fused together into this new weird abomination that is what i'm saying i'm saying that um in by the end of the days animals have lives too mm-hmm. and so um so at the end of the day it just so happens that animal cruelty um it was not seen as bad as well crimes against humanity true true at least the show glosses over that entirely now i i like how we've we've reached this part that we've discussed uh, the role of nina the dog now one last element to this uh which i wanted to touch on i was debating to touch on it or not but i find it might be a good way to understand uh Shao tucker a lens to look through at him or as the academics like to say, a hermeneutic to look at Shao Tucker. And that is the theme of God or the role of God in this. So so, so um, I would say that Shao Tucker creating Nina the dog and, and, so, and previous uh, chimeras, he's established himself 
as the creator of a new species almost because I don't think they ever mentioned anyone else in uh, a mistress at least who was making chimeras. Uh, well, that's not true. There, there are people like making chimeras is uh, something that people have done before. It's just that he was that the, the one person. Was that? That was. It was actually common. Um, yeah. It as Monado was about to say, it's not so much that Shell Tucker made the first chimera. He made the chimera able to understand human speech. Exactly. That is what made it different. Otherwise, the chimeras were there for a while before. So, in a sense, it's not only Shao Tucker that crossed the line, but Shao Tucker crossed it really, really far. All right. Okay. Sorry. I'll correct myself that um, there were other people who were making chimeras, but as you said, Shao Tucker was the first one, the only one at that point, very early on in the FMA Brotherhood series, that made one that could understand human speech. So, he started a different breed of chimera, so to say. Is that correct still? All right, yeah. perfect. I would agree. Um, I would definitely agree that, um, th- that the entire point of banning human transmutation is to not to have people play the role of God. That is one of the central themes of alchemy. Um, so the point, so the point of, so because this is basically hubris in the sense that oh, I'm just going to become God by creating a new species and um, I'm just going to be that amazing. And at the same time, Shell Tucker was using experiments to solve his problem of poverty when he probably could have gone around it the normal way. Again, he could have just joined the military and still ensure food on his plate. His family would have been fine. All right, that's good so far. I like that, that he could have chosen that life, but clearly he didn't because I guess one might have paid more than the other. It's hard to say because it looked like Matthews did live a life of comfort with his wife and child. That has to do with um, later episodes, but uh, when you're under um, Roy Mustang, you're already well paid. So it's not so much it's not so much that he's just a state military. It's that um, Mayhew is particularly high rank in that military. You're not like like he's not just a nobody. But regardless, like he uh, Show Tucker obviously chose the life of more of like a researcher instead of a, a military person. Definitely, very accurate. And so, okay, this is a major spoiler alert. More like a quote, very uh, not a quote. Something that the father says at the very end of uh, the FMA series. He says, "Those who would play God must pay a hefty price." Now, bringing that back to the fourth episode or so with Nina the dog, which what Shao Tucker did, playing God almost, did he get what he deserved? Like, him losing his own family, would that have been the ultimate price for him to pay? Well, I mean, ultimately, he gets killed, too. So, like, he ends up paying the ultimate price, not only, like... Because, like, realistically, if he was willing to turn his family members into just experiments, then did he really care about them enough to begin with? Right? So is that really even paying a price for him? That's the, that is my, uh, that is, I do say that although that he quote unquote paid the price by death, um, it's the fact that for him, again, I would agree with uh, Monado Boy in the case of saying, well, he willingly sacrificed his family. So definitely he quote unquote sacrificed his family to play God. But 
was this really a prize for him if he was going to do it more than once? No, it wouldn't have been. Exactly. So I'm like I think the actual price that he paid was his own life because he he got like his retribution uh, for justice. having done that. Yeah, definitely justice. All right. This is why this is why I root for Scar. Team Scar, everyone. <laughs> Team Scar. <laughs> My brown brother representing the entire nation, one hand at a time. All right. So so far, this is I'm just going to recap what we have, and our final closing question will will be the following. So, we've established that the state somewhat responsible for Shao Tucker, but ultimately it was Shao Tucker himself. The self, Shao Tucker as a person, he knew what he was doing. He did it before to his wife. He did it again. The monster, we told there's there was a big misconception on it, but I'm glad we were able to dispel it in the end. That it is a very sad creature. And that Shao Tucker did cross multiple lines to do that. And at the end of the day, he was full on, full on guilty for it. And finally, the role of God. Like how Shao Tucker might have seen himself as an omniscient uh, creator. and But finally, God is just deserts at the very end. So, if there's no confusion on this so far, my very last uh, closing question is the theme of death at long last. With Shao Tucker dying and Nina Dog being... Um, mercifully sacrificed or mercifully put down what, yeah what, euthanized Scar, definitely yeah. euthanized Euthanized. <laughs> okay thank you so what scar did justified or not putting an end to their misery i mean yes because uh, no matter what you have to um keep in mind that even the previous chimera didn't even had that sweet release of death as um she just eventually died while Nina she only had the dad to take care of her and with him being dead uh, no one would take care of her and from what we understood she didn't have a lot of um like she did not have much of a lifespan left so there was no way to reverse the process one, there was no way to reverse the process, and two, their lifespans has been greatly shortened as a result. So even if she was kept alive, she would probably be agonizing, because think of yourself as a human in a body of a dog, and you will never be able to do your human things again. You're going to be suffering the entire time. And in this case, um, death in uh, Nina's case was definitely mercy. And the only mercy that could have been done as a victim of alchemy. Manano, what do you think? Yeah, I think, like, you know, Scar killing Show Tucker was sort of his own motive. And then at that point, like, it kind of would have been more cruel to leave Nina just there, right? And if there is no process to to actually, like, undo what, what happened to her, then the only merciful thing at that point is is to just end end her and just you know put her out of her misery at that point because like like if if we have a a clue or a hint as to what it's like uh from the it it comes from the first uh, chimera that uh, show tucker made which was his wife right and like the the one thing that it had said that they say in the episode is that uh what was it it said i want to die and then it just refused to eat anything and died of starvation because it just wanted to die that badly clearly uh because the the suff- like the suffering it was in was so great right so 
you know, sparing Nina of that was obviously, even though it is like a brutal act, right? Like he had to kill her to do it. It's better than just leaving her there with no one to take care of her and just leaving her in her in her suffering. If anything, I do not even see it as brutal towards Nina. As it basically, because I would actually consider um, Scar spang her to be brutal. Because uh, definitely he probably he probably knew that it was a child and it was better to end it there. And I'm pretty sure that if he could have reversed um, what happened, he would have done it. But yeah. that is not how his alchemy works, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I, I was just saying that, like, because, you know, after we see him do it, there's, like, Nina is all covered in blood, too. So obviously it was the same, like, killing alchemy that he used on, uh, on Shota Tucker. And it looks painful, but in the grand scheme of things, yeah, it's, it is a mercy killing. Yeah. Right. Well, I believe that show was really more of a swift execution of justice. Mm -hmm. Divine retribution, as he likes to say. <laughs> All right. So we are team uh, non-justified shout tucker haters. If I had to, yeah. if I had to put it all in one thing. Father of the year, though. <laughs> Father of the year. All right, guys. We have reached the end of the episode. I want to thank everyone who was able to tune in and listen to our second episode so far with the Otaku crew. And yeah, this was a this was a difficult question to overcome because there were so many intricate layers and threads that we had to untangle as we went along. But I think we did a good job on it. Shout Tucker was not justified by any means in his experimentation on Nina the dog. And that's uh, about it. We've reached the end. And so Tune in on to the next episode of the Otaku Crew guy on the Otaku Crew guys, because um, once again we'll be attacking another question head on, and uh, I look forward to the next episode. Bye, guys. See you around.